a national title game for the ages live from Dallas immediately following post game. I'm Howard Magdal. I'm Natalie Hebron. And this is Locked On Women's Basketball National Championship Edition starting now. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are Locked On Women's Basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. Well, a very pleasant good evening to you. I am Howard Magdal. I'm Natalie Hebron. And we are live from the American Airlines Arena here in Dallas, where the LSU Tigers have captured their first national championship in women's basketball, winning 102-85 over the Iowa Hawkeyes and Caitlin Clark. And we're going to have a really great show for you today. We just got out of talking to everyone. Players, coaches, we're taking you inside both locker rooms in segment two. The great Jen Hatfield, who was in those LSU locker rooms, talking to them. We're going to hear about what Caitlin Clark had to say, what head coach Lisa Bluter had to say. But in segment one, Natalie Heverin, who has been writing about this Iowa Hawkeyes team all weekend, has just been a remarkable story. Obviously, Everyone you know has sent you a message. If you care about women's basketball and they're, let's say, new to women's basketball, saying, hey, what can you tell me about Caitlin Clark? And Caitlin Clark today, yes, she came up short of a national title, but 30 points in the championship game on the heels of 41 against South Carolina in the national semifinals and a triple-double in the Elite Eight to get him here. Well, just an amazing accomplishment. So we have a lot to talk about, but Natalie, just start there if you would. Obviously, there's a sadness here, but did you get a sense of pride, too, from the folks you were talking to about what Iowa has done? And Iowa being in the national championship game, was that was new for the program, too, right? Yes, yes. And I think that's something hmm. that Lisa Bluter talked about when I was reading over the transcript. But there was definitely a lot of teary eyes, uh, red faces. There were definitely a lot of tears before the media came in, um, but definitely a sense of pride. Um, Gabby Marshall talked about it. Um, Hannah Stolke was actually the first player I heard say that it inspired her to want to come back better next year. Hannah's a freshman, um, so she's got a long Iowa career ahead of her. Um, but yeah, definitely a lot of teary eyes and, and some players did have a little bit of trouble, you know, looking forward, um, definitely a big moment for them to absorb and definitely wanted to give them the option to be able to feel that and not have to look ahead. So again, I want to point out and, and Natalie is part of our team that did, did unbelievable work all weekend long, but we thank you obviously for making lockdown women's basketball. You first listen every day. There were 10 of us doing this work at different points during the season. So make sure you subscribe. Make us your first listen every day. I tell you this every show. It's not just me. It is an incredible team over at The Next. And you, you want to support the work we're doing, go to thenexttubes.com. It's $9 a month, $72 a year. The opportunity to have round-the-clock women's basketball 
coverage. And so I do want to talk about what Lisa had to say. And, you know, again, I had a seat in the media row, just a hop, skip and a jump from where Lisa Bluter is. And so I was watching her in that moment before the game started. Lisa Bluter is a, as she described, she's an Iowa girl, as she said, her whole life and grew up in the state. Her brothers went to Iowa. She didn't go to Iowa because there were not athletic scholarships available to her when it was time for her to go to school. But she has become a coach that will be talked about forever, a legacy at Iowa that is beyond compare. Now a trip to the national title game and an opportunity to coach Caitlin Clark for at least one, another two years, potentially if Caitlin Clark sticks around extra. Seeing her in this moment, and she was unabashedly emotional, and rightly so, with pride, with a sense of what this team has done. But this did not just happen this year. And this goes back to, I had a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, Caitlin Clark now. Caitlin Clark, three years has been built into this. The Iowa Hawkeyes have been a top five national offense by efficiency before Caitlin Clark even got on campus. Look up Megan Gustafson. Look up her incredible, adorable dog, Pancake if you want a sense about it. This is an Iowa team that has done a lot for a long time. And so, Natalie, when we talk about somebody like Monica Sinano, who has been there five years, mm-hmm. has been there five years, it precedes Caitlin Clark, who made the decision to come back. What is her legacy like? And, you know, take me through how that sounded, both when you talked to her outside the locker room and just from her teammates as well. Her teammates, obviously very complimentary of her, uh, love playing with her. You know, I think her lasting legacy is she's going to be talked about, like we talk about Megan Gustafson, as as a legacy in the Iowa program. Um, Another Iowa post, add them to the list, coached by Jan Jensen. Um, But, you know, Monica was in tears when she walked to the press conference. But by the time she came back, um, she and Caitlin did some extra availability uh, for those that participated in the locker room Mm -hmm. um, availability. And she was really excited. She's excited about her opportunity to play overseas. Um, But she really talked about more than just loving the game of basketball, uh, loving her teammates. Um, There's a real family atmosphere and you could feel that in the locker room and also uh, from Caitlin and Monica outside the locker room after uh, the, Uh, the press conference when we had her at the podium she talked about that beyond even basketball she felt like this gave her a chance to be her best self and that was what she will take away from iowa and i just i just thought that was beautiful it's just as somebody who's covered monica for half a decade to be able to see that uh was wonderful this is always i will just be honest this is emotional for me to see players who have scaled the heights and those who who win, who finish. And we're going to talk about that with Jen in segment two with LSU, but the players who came so close. Uh, I'm delighted that Caitlin Clark will have an opportunity to get at least another shot at it. I think that being able to play for Iowa is something that is going to be appealing to a lot of people because there are going to be some, some people missed in Iowa. And, and, and Natalie, who, who are kind of those biggest players, you know, take me through, what their moments were like as you saw them in the locker room too. Yeah. McKenna Warnock, um, she, she was emotional, but there was a sense of, of completion. Mm -hmm. Like she was proud of her career. Um, 
you know, she's looking to go to dental school. Uh, that's that's a great thing about being a student athlete. Yeah. Um, she is both a student and an athlete, um, not using her fifth year of eligibility, um, but made that decision early. So there were a lot of moments um, where her teammates talked about knowing that this was the end for them and mm -hmm. feeling bad that they couldn't get them to that national championship to go off into the sunset in. Um, but definitely a sense of finality and um, but she was definitely proud of her team and how far they had come. I loved Iowa down 63-42, made it nine so fast. It was just such an illustration of the level of team that they had. I, You know, again, to me, this game came down to LSU making plays that no one had any right to expect. The difference in this game is that LSU made eight three-pointers in the first half alone, eight of 11, they nine shot of nine of 12, excuse that, me. That last oh, thank you. It. You're right. Nine of 12 on a bank shot three-pointer. This is a team that had double figures in made three-pointers just three times all season. Sometimes when you get in these games, it goes that way. And so, you know, leaving aside, you know, the issues with the officiating, which I just thought the officials were, and, and not in a way that, benefited one as opposed to the other necessarily as much as just like way too way too present we, I, I don't want to be able to see correct and 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 you know this is not an Iowa complaint this is not an LSU complaint um, you, you know you hear some people on Twitter say well what about South Carolina Friday night there were too many fouls called then too I thought there were too many fouls called in the Maryland-South Carolina Elite Eight game, and that ended up benefiting South Carolina because the Gamecocks had depth that Maryland didn't have. But I, I didn't care for that. It did not, though, take away from both these teams' ability to score, and we saw what Iowa was capable of. I, I am delighted to see Lisa Bluter have this success, very eager to see what's next. Natalie, I just, I'll leave this with one question for you and one point that I'd like to – uh, make as well, but like, what was kind of your takeaway from the Iowa weekend? If you had to sort of boil it down to one thing, how much, how proud the state of Iowa is of them, and how much every yeah. player and every coach on Iowa loves the state of Iowa back. So many Hawkeye fans, so many fans, um, you know, yelling, screaming um, on their feet. You know, I saw them all over Dallas. Uh, and then also the love that I heard from the players and the coaches, um, both after Friday's game and after tonight's game, or, you know, just a lot of love back to the state of Iowa as well. Natalie Heverin, just terrific work all weekend. I'm going to leave it with this on the Iowa side. Lisa Bluter gathered her team after it was over. I asked her, what did you say? And she said, I told him, don't remember losing tonight. Remember that you made this run all the way to a national championship game. Remember the fun that we've had along the way. And I'm glad, even in that moment, that she and that team were able to see a bigger picture. Natalie, thank you for all your amazing coverage. Can't wait for everything that's next. You do a little bit of everything for us. Make, I, listeners know because you did Natalie on the pod too. But thank you so much. Uh, we're going to talk to Jen Hatfield next, and we're going to swap out in real time. <laughs> As we are doing that, I am also going to tell you about Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a daily fantasy game. It's an opportunity 
basically to do what you love to care about two to six players every single night and bet against yourself. You pick the two to six players. If they go and store more or less than the prize picks project projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry on any entry. It's just you versus the projections available. Now prize picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Why am I saying you? Which is not just men's college basketball, women's college basketball, not just the NBA, the WNBA. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy with safe and fast withdrawals, and it's currently operational in over 30 states and Canada. So download the Prize Picks app or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match of up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. Don't forget to enter the promo code locked on. That's L O C K E D O N, or sign up for an instant and sign up for an instant deposit match for up to a hundred dollars today. Prize picks. And we're going to move the screen. Oh, actually, Jen, we're going to move you if you come a little closer. Hold on. I'm going to come over to you and we're going to go here. And we are joined by, as you can see, Jen Hatfield. Jen, you are the Ivy League beat reporter, but in this case, you were doing some very different things. You covered South Carolina on Friday night, and here tonight, you got to cover LSU. Um, did it feel like you were Gabriella Lewis to a certain extent, as uh, Gabriella, of course, being our SEC beat reporter? You know, one can only hope to be Gabriella Lewis, but hopefully <laughs> I did my best impression for her. You did a wonderful job. I'm very excited to read, um, you know, everything that's come out of these last few days. I hope you've all been enjoying it the way I have as well. Um, but you were in a jubilant locker room. We also had the chance to talk to Angel Reese, to Alexis Morris, to Tim Mulkey. I want to start when we're talking LSU with Angel Reese. And, I, and I'm just, I'm going to say it as plainly as I can. Angel Reese is her real, true, authentic self. Angel Reese is unapologetic about it. Angel Reese will say what's on her mind. If she wants to show off, she shows off. If she wants to be demonstrative, she is demonstrative. And I just, I want to lay down this marker because I want people to hear this and understand. That is so great for the game. You root for it, you don't root for it. You root for Angel, you don't root for her. It's all great for the game. Heroes are great for this game. Villains are great for this game. And everything in between is great for this game. And Angel got real emotional tonight talking about that she was looking to be the player that she recognized. She wanted to make sure that she was that person. And so there are a lot of people who are policing her on Twitter and policing the discourse on Twitter and other social media. And Leave aside that I think that is deeply unfair to do to any young person trying to figure out who she is in the public spotlight. To see somebody who is so comfortable with who she is, who went out there and has a rightful place of pride as she won a national championship game, I, I think is shameful. So I just needed that to be said. Now let's talk about tonight's game because LSU was absolutely incredible. A hundred and two 
points. And they didn't play the game that you necessarily expect LSU to play. This is a team that typically wears you down with defense, that typically has a grinded out two-point approach. And by the way, the two-point approach was one that they took throughout the second half, right? They only took two threes at the very end of the second half. Alexis Morris talked about this. He was saying, I'm looking for twos over threes, okay? So they knew and understood what they were and what they were doing. Jen, take me through how clear it was as you walked into that locker room that this team, just like Angel Reese, knew who they were. Yeah, so, you know, I think I'll take you back even further than that. A, a bunch of us media members were waiting um, in the in the hallway. It's kind of more like a tunnel um, mm -hmm. leading up to their locker room. And all of these alums that you know from the WNBA, Kim Mulkey alums, not just LSU alums, sure. uh, Didi Richards, Kalani Brown, Odyssey Sims, they were all there yeah. waiting for uh, the, the folks of the moment, the current team and mm -hmm. Kim Mulkey. And Angel Reese rounds the corner, and they – completely flip out like it's Taylor <laughs> Swift walking down the hallway, right? Um, they were so excited. And then Kim comes by a couple moments later in her, if you didn't see it on TV, her sequined tiger print suit. She's lost her heels. I don't know where they are. It's easy to uh, miss that sequined <laughs> suit. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. really had to look for it. So she comes down the hall and, uh, you know, Dee Dee and Kalani uh, basically tackle her like one on each shoulder. And mm -hmm. they're just so happy to see her. So that was a really fun scene just – you know, everyone uh, really appreciating from from years past, really appreciating what Kim and now what LSU have done. Um, so then fast forwarding to the locker room, uh, you know, there was a sense of, of calm there. It was a it was a chaotic locker room in the sense that there were a lot of cameras, a lot of lights, a lot yeah. of noise. But the players um, were confident sitting at their lockers, not flustered by the moment. Uh, didn't feel like they got sped up, even though there were tons of people clamoring for the, their attention. They kind mm -hmm. of just sat there and, and basked in the moment as much as you can while you're getting uh, our tape recorders thrust in your face. Um, like they seem to kind of really enjoy getting asked 17 times what it feels like to win a national championship. You know, and, and even as you're saying it about this sense of who they are, Kim Mulkey and Angel Reese, they know who they are. You know, however you feel about them, they know who they are. They're upfront about it. They're unapologetic about it. And it's fascinating to me the way in which they have obviously made an instant connection, the way in which this team of nine newcomers bonded so effortlessly over the course of this season. We have to, have to talk about where Kim Mulkey is right now. Kim Mulkey is, by her own acknowledgement, ahead of schedule. She won a championship at LSU in year two. She described that as ahead of schedule. She said on day one, on the day she brought, uh, she was introduced, I want to bring a national championship to LSU. I remember it very clearly. I even asked her about this. You know, she has now won four national titles. The list of coaches who have won more national titles than she has won. It's a very very short list. And so what I wondered from her was, does that make you want to coach longer? Because she's doing it in a modern way, for, not offensively, but by going into the transfer portal, by giving her players free reign to use NIL. Did it make you want to go more? Does it make you want to go less? And her answer was she loves where she wants to be, but she doesn't want to put a timetable on it. I do wonder 
I do wonder, and again, I go back to what I was saying about Angel Reese. It is good for the game to have outsized personalities who are their authentic selves, period. That is just fundamentally what I believe uh, about this. But I do also want to focus a little bit about Alexis Morris. I've got a story coming about Alexis, somebody who scored, I believe, 12 points in the fourth quarter. Am I remembering that right? I believe that's right. Did not miss a shot in the fourth and willed her team to victory. You know, was there a sense, I guess, of completion, do you think, from the players who had used up their eligibility? Was there any, did you get any sort of a sense of sadness from that? Uh, Jen in the locker room or a sense of satisfaction that I should say that they ended this way. I think there was definitely a sense of satisfaction. There was also, though, I asked, you know, several of the underclassmen, you know, what are you going to miss about, about these folks who aren't going to be coming back? And they just Mm -hmm. got so sad. Um, You know, they're just coming off a a national championship, but you could kind of see their faces turn and just go, Oh, Oh man. Uh, you know, and, and someone, I, I can't recall who in the, in the sea of, in, in the sea of folks, but one of our classmen said, I'm just going to miss having fun with them. Yeah. Like we're all so fun together. And, you know, Kim's talked about this too, about the personalities of her locker room and, mm-hmm. and how much fun they have and how they don't take things too seriously or get too stressed out about things. Um, and I think that vibe is, is pretty unique. I'm going to put you on the spot right after this commercial and asked you which was the best of the Tim Multi outfits and why. Oh, but gosh. before we do that, I do want to talk to you guys about not the first time, not the second time, for the umpteenth time, Built Bar. Built Bar, March Madness Bracket is here. We know you have a favorite bar or puff. I know I do. Cookie Dough Puff, that's the favorite. And now is your time to make it count. Go to BuiltMarchMadness.com to vote for your favorites. I'm voting for the cookie dough puff. I mean, it has powered me this weekend. If you look in my locked on uh, backpack, you're going to see a whole bunch of built bars. In fact, I'm really hungry. I'm going to have one, I think, right after we finish up. Support your team, support your bar or puff. And when you vote for your favorite bar or puff, you'll be entered into a drawing where 50 lucky locked on listeners will get a free box of built. Not only that, but one locked on fan will win a 12 month subscription to built to have built bars delivered monthly straight to your door. If you haven't tried built the best protein bar ever, they're amazing. Most of them have four grams net sugar. They have like 17 grams of protein. You won't believe they're good for you, but they are even with the real chocolate. So make sure you go to builtmarchmadness.com right now to vote for your favorite bar or puff and pick up a box while you're there. You can vote every day in March. Now we're in April. You can still do it. So hop in and support your pick. Jen, the time is now. What was the best Kim Multi outfit and why? First of all, I'm not sure this counts as putting me on the spot anymore because you gave me time to think about it. So I'm going to quibble as you, as an editor on your team. I have mm-hmm. to quibble with your word choice. That's um, reasonable. But my, my final answer, I, I'm going to go with today's. Yeah. Um, the sequined uh, tiger print full-on suit with a lot of glam. And, mm-hmm. and two reasons why. Number one, she gets points for this outfit for not having like mysterious animal furs on it. Um, Fair. And then, but number two, I like that it, it like ties in so explicitly to her team. And we had this like kind of role reversal where mm-hmm. she's in the tiger print suit and then the tiger mascot has these like pink uh, 
what are those called? What would you call those sleeves that the tiger was wearing? I was going like, to say sleeves. This is not my area of expertise. <laughs> uh, they they were like kind of like dangly. Um, yes. I'm missing I'm missing the word, but basically they were they were hot pink, um, kind of flamboyant sleeves that Kim Mulkey would a thousand percent wear. Mm -hmm. um, it looks like the mascot maybe like took them from her closet and adapted for whatever uh, the tiger's wingspan is. So yeah, I enjoyed kind of the, yeah. the, the outfit switch in there as well. I love it. And to add on a fashion note to conclude here, Angel Reese walked into the post-game presser with the crown, the, the crown. crown, the literal crown was asked, hey, are you going to get an NIL deal for the crown? And so, well, maybe. And then she said, and this is very true, yesterday's price is not today's price. And that is true about the great Angel Reese, a champion along with LSU. I want to thank all of you for making Lockdown Women's Basketball your first listen every day. Now, you're going to see it all over Twitter, as you so often do. Oh, God, there's no basketball. Basketball season is over. But it's not true. People don't realize this, but men play basketball too. In fact, they have a league called the NBA and Locked On is so comprehensive. They even cover the men's league. So make your second listen, game to game NBA, every moment, every top performance, every result. Locked On Game to Game covers every game from across the NBA with local analysis that only Locked On can deliver. Follow Game to Game on Locked On NBA available on the Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get podcasts. And great news, folks. That'll take you right from tonight, right on through to May 19th. And then, you know, you go back to the WNBA because it's opening night there. Well, Jen Hatfield, our managing editor, I said this last night at the barbecue place, and I'll say it again. We simply couldn't do what we do without you. I couldn't do what I do without you. We are so grateful for everything you do from the Ivy League to the Washington Mystics to your incomparable editing skills. So, Jen, thank you for everything. Right back at you. We would, none of us would be here without you, Howard. We had a great time this weekend, folks, and I hope you enjoyed everything we did from the shorts to the articles to this podcast here tonight. Pretty well, sure my coat still smells like barbecue. I think that's true, and it was delicious barbecue. Thank you to Dallas for hosting a wonderful time here. We will be back with you every day this week, of course. Saturday, the last pre-draft WNBA draft show. And then we're just going to write on continue because there is no offseason when it comes to women's basketball. No offseason at all. Until next time, I'm Howard Magdal. And I'm Jen Hatfield. And this is Locked On Women's Basketball. The LSU Tigers are your champions the champions of the 2023 season. Have a great night, everybody. Ogumba Wallet for the win. You are locked on women's basketball. Your daily podcast on women's basketball. 